I think they're just like maybe they're a little bit like, too kind of like cod skinny for me, like a little bit, but uh, like trying um, a little too hard to be a little too like little badass. Like, like look like, at me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you know, I can, I can like you, you know, the skull mask with like the <laughs> wire dreads and stuff, and it's like, oh my goodness, like really? I kind of see like, that. Yeah, it's like it's not. Welcome to Scab Talk. This escape from Tarkov podcast we continue to focus on development of the game, patch note analysis, theory crafting, and general gameplay discussions. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Church. I am a video editor for a Tarkov YouTuber named Airing Marine. And I'm Gigabeef, a Tarkov YouTuber helping you guys get better at the game. And welcome back to Scav Talk, Mr. Church. How has your week been so far? Pretty good, man. Uh, staying busy. And yeah, I played a little bit of Tarkov, just like a few raids doing... Uh, Strength training, as per usual, didn't really get anything too spicy, but um, yeah, I done that. Staying busy. Good Yourself. stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I've been playing a bit of Taki here and there. Did actually manage to crack through a few random quests. I'm still, I'm still slowly pondering my way towards level forty two, which is mm. the, the forty one to forty two takes me a long 42? time. Yeah, because I, I just. It's just been, I've not been playing a huge amount. I've been like doing bits yeah, and pieces here and there and like playing some quests here and there. And I've run out of like the easy quests. So I was doing setup and shotguns and all this kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I haven't really cracked into Lighthouse yet, which is maybe what I'm going to do next. Mm. But so a lot of those other quests are kind of done. And I finally did the mechanic one on reserve and a few, a few of the other ones that I was just sort of putting off. I just didn't really want to do. But yeah. Yeah, because I've not been putting in a huge amount of game time. It's just t- it just takes forever. That forty-one to forty-two just takes such a long time. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's 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 just it's tough to get those levels there. I think, but the period between because I've been listening to some other people talking about stuff, right? And it's like the period between forty, like because forty-two, I don't really care about getting slicks particularly, so I don't feel super incentivized to That's get fair. to Ragman four anyway because I'm using all level fives. Um, and the level six, yeah, the you can pick stuff out of level five that you have stomach armor with, but on, in level in class six, it's not really that choice. You you can't really get it. It's either super slow with stomach or mm-hmm. or not or normal speed, but with without stomach. So I don't. I just don't feel necessarily that incentivized. After getting mechanic four, I'm like, oh, I can build all the guns I need, and I can still use the armors that I want relatively. So I'm not too bothered. So it's it's fine. But um, yeah, this week I've been I've been extra busy. I've been extra busy. I've been organizing a lot of stuff and um. Yeah, I've been waiting to make an announcement for a very long time. This is not actually the official announcement because anybody who's listening on the podcast platforms, you'll all hear this on, on Monday anyway. Um, so I guess it's only anyone who's live or whatever. You'll probably, if you're on my YouTube, you'll see it beforehand. But um, yeah, I've been organizing stuff for, for months and months and months and months and like finally getting into a good place with with everything. And uh, yeah, basically tomorrow's going to, I'm going to, be announcing officially going full time on content creation, which is pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's, um, it's a big change for me. I, I just pre-warned Church for a minute ago before we went live, but um, I literally like haven't told anybody and just like kept it all under wraps because I wasn't sure exactly when it was going to happen and right. how it was going to pan out and all of this stuff. So yeah, it's um, it's been a very, very, very long time in the making, but. Uh, I mean, very like very broadly speaking, like mm. YouTube's basically going to stay the same, pretty much. Oh, Not okay. much is going to change there too too much because. So so really, what happened was, I got picked for drops in December. I knew that I 
probably was going to be going full time at some point in the next six months and then use that to keep the channel momentum high by doing two videos with the wipe um and basically yeah. just like didn't speak to my friends or family for the last like four or five months pretty much because um yeah I was, like working full-time helping the wife with the baby and making um making my stuff right and i was probably yeah. spending like maybe 20 hours a week on on content so um between those three things i literally just had no time for anything that's why i've always been so so insanely busy Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to keep it going because I knew that it was like I didn't want to drop back to like one a week and then go back up again in like four months or something. I was like, this doesn't make sense. This is silly. So I was like, we'll just keep pushing. We'll just like just do the grind and just get through it. So YouTube's kind of going to look because this I was kind of running that schedule before. But anyway, we'll we'll see how it we'll see how it works out. So YouTube's kind of going to look like it does now. Twitch is going to be a little bit more, but not. I mean, I'm, I'm by no means am I going to be on every day or anything. Um, so I'm kind of spreading myself across like everything. I'm going to be doing same youtube stuff two or three days of of uh, like two or three sessions of like streaming a week plus opening like tiktok being on instagram and all that stuff so i'm basically like opening out a whole whole bunch of different things and then i can maybe pull more time into the, the stuff that i want to afterwards i'm not like, trying to start off not like overwhelming myself that's smart and then, yeah and then seeing where it goes rather than just being trying to be like i'm gonna put out like three videos and i'm gonna be yeah. like five days a week and blah blah and then have yeah. to pull it back I'd, I'd rather go the other way around and like see what works what doesn't and then and then figure it from there um but like yeah the, the thing that i'm kind of most excited about is um i've opened a patreon as well which i've been waiting to do for a long time i didn't want to do it before because i didn't think i could do it justice um but i do actually think that this is going to be pretty cool to have like exclusive content over there and stuff and um mm. I already put my first community goal in there, which is to help me get that better internet. You know, like it's the the most important thing. If enough, if enough people support there, that I can actually get some better internet, so I can upload stuff in a reasonable amount of time and stream on Twitch in a reasonable quality. Because it's just it's it's obnoxious. I've basically spoken to every single company in my yeah. area at this point, and without going to the business internet, like dedicated fiber line, I can't do anything about it. There's nothing I could do. So, so that's it. I just have to bite the bullet and, and go with it. <laughs> so you're essentially your only option is the like them manually building a node or whatever for fiber. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you. Yeah. So it's very expensive. That's <laughs> what it's you're very saying. Expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So if Heck. if we can if basically if if we can reach the goal on Patreon, then mm-hmm. we can get that installed and then I could do more stuff. Right. So it's kind of like. Yeah. A, community thing as well as like as well as the other stuff that i'm going to put on there but it's like a you know broader a broader goal um so we'll see how it goes and um yeah i'm I'm, su- I'm super excited it's gonna be great i'm, I'm looking forward to having more flexibility because this is the thing i've built in enough flex within the schedule so that i can do mm. other stuff if i want to make another video i can if i want to do another stream i can if i want to put out more stuff on you know whatever platform i can i can do that right so i'm going to have this benchmark which is probably 75 percent um what what's what, what's the word that you'd use kind of uh like 75 percent allocated and then 25 percent of it's kind of whatever's happening at that time you know like now it might make more sense to do more streams you know at this point in the wipe whereas when you get to the wipe time then you want to be doing like a ton of videos so it just like gives that flexibility so that, that's kind of how it's going to go so we'll see but uh yeah basically this weekend i'm, I'm going to be streaming twice two sessions saturday sunday and then uh and then yeah monday getting started properly because I've, I've been taking a bit of time I'm gonna take a bit of time. I did actually. I did leave my job like about three or four weeks ago. So oh, did you? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been taking some time to chill at home with mm-hmm. family, like just maintain everything, make sure that I've got everything prepped and planned and and ready and all of that stuff, and like 
we're doing some work on the house and all that all that kind of thing so i like, had to negotiate all that but just like yeah just spend some time with the wife and, and baby because i've just and, and actually speak to my real life friends again for the first time in like six months because i've just been honestly just it's just been so crazy um so yeah that's that i mean it's, it's that's a bit of a ramble but um it's mm. hard to describe how like weird this is as yeah. a whole as a thing right it's like yeah. it's, it's it's so surreal to finally be at this stage like i've been dreaming of this for like ages like so long like you know the, the start of the channel probably yeah it was about two years ago and mm -hmm. um, since about a year ago I was, i've been thinking oh you know this could, this is like this is a real thing and then like the last six months has just kind of been painful because i've just been trying to slowly work my way in and like you know I like moved home house and everything right so it's like i'm just trying to put all the pieces in place to make sure that it goes goes well um so it's like it's actually really surreal being in, in this place now and thinking like man this is actually happening it's, this is crazy <laughs> Yeah, I, I I bet, dude. I really like it when people say things like, you know, this is weird, that's weird, because it's for me, it's usually a different word for different, <laughs> and um, you know, it's a new experience for you. So I'm I'm really excited to see that process happening. So is this like a, you know, your childhood dream? Like I want to be a YouTuber, <laughs> you know, young Gigabeef, or is this something that's like, tell me, tell me how you got to this point. Right, because you I mentioned mean, a little bit. It's funny actually, because we've never—I don't know if we've ever really been through this—and I kind of reminded myself recently because I was just thinking about it and um, just thinking about the past. And like, you know, if you said to me like ten years ago that this was going to be the outcome now, like it would just be super surreal. Mm -hmm. um, but like, really, where I ended up coming from on on this stuff is that I've always I've always been super into gaming ever since I was a little kid or whatever. Um, but it was only really when I started playing PC where things actually were competitive rather than just in, enjoying games. It's more competitive stuff in general. And that started when we all, like me and a load of friends at home, we all built our first PCs and uh, we went to the UK's biggest LAN. And oh, we, cool. Like, I, I built my first machine for that. So we went we went to do that and it was uh, it was crazy. It was called the Insomnia series. It still goes now, actually. Um, but it was like years ago. It's like this is a long time ago now. Yeah, and um, we were playing uh, Dawn of War, and uh, I guess yeah, I see a source at the time. So okay. the strategy. This is the strategy in FPS background, right? That's that's where mm -hmm. I started my stuff. Yeah. And um, there was there was basically a tournament for both, but obviously CS:GO is like much more. Uh, even back then, it was much more a developed scene, right? And there was actually a Dawn of War tournament. And I was actually much better at Dawn of War than I... I've always been better at strategy than I have in an FPS, funnily enough. Um, it's strange I ended up making an FPS channel. But Tarkov's a bit of a different beast. But yeah. anyway, like pure competitive FPS, I've always been better at 1v1 RTS. It's sort of my speciality, really. Mm -hmm. And um, I said with my friends, that, oh, I'd, I'd sign up with them for this CSGO tournament. But I, no, sorry, CS Source tournament. But I didn't yeah. realize that there was the Dawn of War one um and they didn't have another player so like i couldn't switch over to and play the other one so i was really bummed about that oh. um and then i got into uh, command and conquer after like this is years later um and went and played in um the same land actually went and played in a tournament for that and got got stomped because i didn't really play the game that much and i was like um I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to focus on the next one that comes out. I'm actually going to play this seriously and, you know, spend some time on it, which was Red Alert 3, which I played an absolute crap ton of. <laughs> um, and was like, I was I was like top 100 in on, on Red Alert 3. And, oh, really? Uh, because EA bought 
a space in World Cyber Games for Command and Conquer Three. And so I was like, yeah. oh man, they're just gonna like they're just gonna buy into this thing. And then they didn't, which was a real, real bummer. And I was like, man, so then there wasn't a tournament for it. Cause I was like, that's what I was like gearing up for the whole time. Um, kind of in the back of my head. Like it was great anyway. I had, I had great fun. Um, but then didn't end up actually managing to like compete in any big tournaments because no one put it in because it's too like it's kind of niche, right? At that point, it was it was still sort of a niche um RTS. And then Stack of Two came out and I played that. I went to a tournament, and this is in basically in the run-up to uh, when, when, when would this have been? Was this before or after? This, this must have been afterwards. Yeah, this must have been afterwards. I think this was during like very, like the early years of, or maybe it was just before I went to uni. I, I don't even remember now. And um, I played a lot of, of StarCraft 2 and was mm-hmm. pretty decent. Played in that tournament and I got to the final eight and I got beaten by a dude in Dignitas. And I oh, was like, wow. I was like, there's a, I was like, basically there's like a, there's a turning point here in, in my life. Mm-hmm. where i either do that or i carry on doing the other stuff like that the usual route yeah um and i was like i would love to be a pro gamer but like it's just it doesn't it just doesn't make sense like there's too it was too long ago like it did you basically had to be like top three in anything otherwise yeah. you weren't making anything right and, the, and it's just like yeah. super hard super uncertain and i was like i just can't make that decision i just can't i can't i can't choose that even though it's what i would love to do so i just i basically just like let that go and was content to be the best of the amateurs and the worst of the pros you know what i mean so it's just kind of like always like yeah, a great amateur and, and never to actually go full-time on any of that stuff so i was like fine you know and i was and i was and i am still to this day completely happy with that choice mm-hmm. but meanwhile you know i've always done stuff in the background like i was a, i was a strategy editor for red alert on like game replays.org like back in the day like writing you could I actually found on the other day i found one of my really old like like soviet versus um yeah, it was like it's like soviet versus like the US allies or something, I think. I can't even remember mm-hmm. the faction names now, but there's like a whole strategy article about the like history of the metagame and the two sides and stuff that I wrote like oh, 10 years so ago. Cool. It's like, it's insane. So like, I've always kind of been doing this stuff, um, but I focus like so, so much on, yeah, just like, you know, IRL things that um, yeah. until two years ago when I kind of wanted to try my hand at video editing, I just like, you know, play dota with my friends or PUBG or whatever and just mm-hmm. like that was that was basically it just like yeah stay competitive and always enjoy it but just like never really have the time for it and uh yeah until about yeah until about two years ago and it's like oh this is actually a different way of doing this you don't need to be like a pro gamer yeah but you can create content and it's but it fits my style much better anyway like i've always been a, a tutorial like teaching i love teaching people various games and mm-hmm. but they have to be of a certain complexity otherwise there's not the need for it um and uh yeah that's just like Tarkov was just like the perfect storm of the game that i super enjoyed plus this this crazy learning curve and it being really tricky it just worked at the same time as i wanted to learn video editing and then we just went into lockdown like at the same time and so like and then because i was commuting an hour each way um and i didn't have to do that anymore so i saved basically two hours a day on that it's like 10 hours weekly so i was like well i can just do this instead um with that extra time and that's that was basically it um so i did yeah and then the rest is history right so it's uh i've always wanted to do it but never had the had never had the way do you, do you know what mm. i mean like there was never a way before like you either had to be pro or that and that was it like there was nothing you could do whereas now you could be a content creator and it's and it's different you could do do things your way you don't you don't just have to be like the number one gamer you know, you can do yeah. other things you can teach people you can be entertaining you can do so many other things it's like way broader than it used to be yeah i dude so much you're saying is like so relatable and it's crazy i had no idea you had such a 
competitive background. That's, so that's super interesting to me. But um, yeah, I've like I've had to change my perspective on things like this. Um, how you're saying like you don't have to be the best at something to make content. Like it's 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 a really toxic mentality because it I'm, I see it a lot. <laughs> we put out a a short on the Airwings channel and. There's there's so many toxic comments like, dude, you're you're tra you're so trash. These shots are terrible. Like, you're not a pro gamer. I'm a pro gamer. Like this really toxic mentality. And I feel like it's such a like archaic, outdated. Like maybe back when you know YouTube in its earlier days, like it had a bit more relevance. But even then, I don't think that's true. I just think it's just a really toxic, like competitive mindset where it's like if you're not the best, then you're not good. You know. So yeah. um. And especially like, you know, now I feel like with Twitch, with YouTube, like that's like just like gone. Like I don't I don't like yeah, anyone that th still thinks these thoughts, I just feel like they haven't really challenged themselves mentally because you know, and I'm I'm really speaking for myself because it it's something that like you know, I would watch like you know, Shroud of like, oh dude, he's so good. He's a pro gamer, no wonder why he's got a lot of views. And I watch like someone that has like a thousand views, like, God, this guy sucks. How could anyone like watch this like you know but it's like such a poor way of looking at things yeah and, um, yeah no I, I i agree i agree it's uh yeah it's just like it's the old model right it's like if you want to win if you want to like fly and this is the thing i realized that to be a pro gamer it means that you're going to be like flying around the world competing in tournaments i'm quite boring i don't really <laughs> like travel that much i really don't like flying yeah. on airplanes i find the whole process just exhausting like it's not. I'm not scared of flying or anything. I just hate sitting around in the airport for two hours before the flight. I just it's just the whole process about it. It feels so like wasteful and not not fun. Yeah. Um, and there was lots of the, I read like a bunch of stuff from people being like, yeah, you know, you go to all these cities around the world, or whatever, and it's just like you're there, you're like for the tournament, and then maybe you get to see the place for like three hours, and then you're on the flight somewhere else. Um, so it's, I don't think it's necessarily all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in the content space, it's, yeah, it's absolutely true. I mean, somebody wrote on my channel a while back. I haven't had one of these comments for ages, actually. But someone wrote a, a comment on my channel a while back saying, they said, you you must be the, the I can't remember how they described it. They said, like, you must be the the worst player who has a successful channel that I've seen in Tarkov. And I was like, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? That's okay. That's fine. Like, it doesn't, you don't need to be the best to teach other people how to how to do things, right? Yeah. And it's the it's the adage of I don't know like if you have a coach the coach doesn't necessarily need to be number 1 in the world to teach you stuff yes. right? like the the people the, the best in the world are being taught by people who are strictly worse than them kind of yeah. by definition so it's Which like it's still value to think though. about right yeah yeah and like that, yeah that sure, wouldn't they would be like my themselves but yeah cuz i've 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 sorry to jump in here but i've seen that in like when i was really following Dota 2 is like some of these coaches were like my MMR, you know, just like slightly above average, you know, which is like your first thought is like, what? You know, <laughs> like that can't that can't be good. But turns out these guys like uh, bat, like Omega value their coaches like there's one. I think it's for a CSGO team stream uh, team Astralis, but they're like a they're more on the psychological aspect and they won like some major recently. Maybe it was like 2020, 2019. I, I they like gave huge credits to their coach who was just like not an ex pro, just 
someone with, you know, a degree in diploma or whatever. And it's like, wow. Yeah. Just so like you can actually have um, not be a, a pro gamer, but be a pro coach. You know what I mean? And, and be more effective that way. So sorry, I, I totally derailed you there, but uh, that got me excited. Yeah, no, no, it's, no, it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, exactly. I mean, like Tarkov works because I think the way, because it's quite hard to explain to people sometimes they say, oh, so, you know, you're going off to go and do whatever. And I'm just like, well, how do you explain it really? It's kind of like, oh, you imagine, you know, 10, oh, Tarkov's weird, right? Because you have to like put together your kits and all this stuff. There's so many like mechanics and things that are, are not really to do with fps or skill or anything mm -hmm. in in that sense and it's like so some people have said yeah it's kind of like having watching a channel about tennis and the dude who tells you how to string a racket properly like that's what that's what my channel is for tarkov most of the time like yeah there's some other mm -hmm. stuff in there but it's like how you know what racket to buy and which like, yeah which yeah. strings to use and how that. tight do you want them and like which you know whether you should use different types of balls or like what 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 shoes should you wear on your feet so you stick on different materials or whatever like that's the analogy that i would make for, for eft i'm not necessarily going to tell you exactly how to hit the shots properly and like where to place the you know place the ball or whatever but um right right and that's the thing, right? It still comes into it, right? Depending on what kind of content you want to make. If I make raid-specific videos, unless it's very mm. interaction-heavy, like people don't come to my channel for like for the plays or whatever, right? They they come for the the information and sort of the more thoughtful side, which is which is fine. So as long as you lean into whatever your strength is, then it's okay. And that's the deal, right? You need to just know what your strength is and just lean into that. And I'm I'm totally happy with that. I think that's the, that's the thing as well. You just need to be you need to be comfortable with that, right? And it's like. It's interesting. Well, one thing I am interested in seeing about this is that if I'm going to be playing a lot more, then we'll see what happens because um, yeah, historically right. I've not actually played a great deal. So I think I must probably have one of the lowest in-game hours, especially on in, like the last like three wipes. I must have some of the lowest in-game hours of any creator of like this size, I'm, I'm sure. I must do. I must do. There's no way. Yeah, I, I mean, can't I imagine don't... anyone playing less than me. <laughs> I didn't mean as a slight in the beginning, but I was genuinely surprised that you were not 42 because I, my brain just automatically assumes content creator, almost four months in a wipe, you have to be level 50 on your way to Kappa. You know what I mean? It's just like, it, but exactly. you don't play as much and exactly now you can. So maybe you can expand to some of these other areas because you actually have more time to play the game, to practice, to do new types of content. Dude, that's really exciting. Really exciting for you, man. Yeah, man, it's super cool. And as I said, it's been a it's been a long time coming, and it's yeah, it is kind of like you you said before. You know, is it just something new or childhood sort of dream or whatever? Like it is kind of childhood dream. It's not quite exactly the the way I thought it would be, mm -hmm. but it's definitely you know, it's definitely the thing. You know, it's yeah, definitely the thing. Yeah. It's like I found the I found my calling. I found the thing that I love to do in a way that makes sense and that I can actually do. Yeah, um, without winning the lottery. <laughs> yeah so yeah. um yeah man so it's it's sick so we'll see we'll see it's still like i still don't know what it's gonna look like it's a massive change for like the way that like just my day-to-day -day works and like mm -hmm. us and everything so you know that's why i'm trying to not be too much of a stickler in terms of like it's gonna be like this and it's gonna be like this and it's gonna be like this i'm just gonna like start with something see mm -hmm. what happens and then and then you know just be flexible and just like don't be too kind of uh caught up on like the, the details right now you know just like just go and then and then see what happens and then just adjust from there so so we'll see we'll see it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it yeah i it just sounds like you're so well you put a lot of thought to this you know you're like well prepared you've given yourself 
a lot of um uh what's i don't want to say distance but um you're not just diving straight in you know it's not like yep. a, a fling if you will it's 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 something i mean it's a big commitment right and um these well, things are not uh not easy because you're essentially you're your own man now you know you're not relying on no big business to get hand, you know you're you're doing all the work yourself dude so i've i'm super excited and i'm really uh you know proud of you for uh doing the things you're doing man yeah it's tricky i think it's especially tricky as well when you've got um you know when you've got family as well and stuff like if you're yeah. just like a single dude then it's a bit different but you know if you've got like little baby to take care of and stuff then it's like it's a bit different you have to be like you have to be careful you have to make sure that it's the right thing you know to like line everything up so i think i've done everything that i can and um and we'll see yeah we'll see yeah. so hopefully it works out um i'm sure it will but yeah yeah we'll, uh, we'll just I'm, I'm still gonna be working super hard on it so uh, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to it anyway enough enough about enough about me um <laughs> okay okay fine fine <laughs> 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 enough about me so the news what happened what happened this week what have we what have we had what have we had um well we got some teasers from none other than battle state games themselves with some crazy new bosses oh boy dude you thought killer was cracked so wait till you meet big pipe <laughs> he's got I a literal big pipe <laughs> yeah dude you know someone on there <laughs> The team was like, what if we go with Big Pipe? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually pretty optimistic about... So, you know, I was joking about the whole killer, you know, aimbot, haha, BSG, AI, you know, joking about that. But seriously, I think that there's a very positive upside to what they're, like, almost teasing in a way, because you got how I see it. I'm assuming everyone's li that's listening has seen the the teasers, um, but if you haven't, just real quick, there's a guy, big guy of a GL. There's a guy that's like a sniper, and then there's like a, you know, a scar guy on the ground or something. And kind of my thought is like they're gonna have a, um, like a hive mind goal oriented AI, not just like one boss and three guards, and they're all the same, you know, basic AI programming to an extent. But I sort of anticipate that they're going to work together to eliminate a certain threat. Um, you know, that being the, the PMCs or scabs or whatever. But because I can kind of see they got like the big armor uh, or the big heavy armaments guy, the GL guy. I sort of think of him as like the suppressing fire. You know, he's just like raining grenades. <laughs> a grenade, 40 millimeter grenade shells out at oh you. Then you got the guy on the ground, the predator looking dude that's got dog tags wrapped all around his arm. Like, you know, he's, mm -hmm. he's, so he's going to be like trying to flank you, trying to like, you know, basically some, some form of like killer, I guess you could say. And then you got the sniper. So like, he's going to try to like cover the exits, maybe. I don't know. I can just kind of see something like this going down. And, What's really interesting, too, is the screenshot they just released today, I think, was all three of them sort of like a very cool epic gamer pose. And oh, yeah. I noticed that they had um, all like walkie talkies or, or some type of like radio equipment on them. Like, OK, I'm looking at it now. One guy has one on his backpack. They actually have it like on the He's got like a full backpack radio. 
Yes. And his then that backpack looks pretty interesting. I don't know what's going on there, but um so they all have like these radio equipments, which kinda like leads me you know more into spinning that theory. And then the other part that I thought was interesting was a lot of them are, have like these belts. And I wonder if they're getting um we're getting battle belts where maybe it changes like your pocket slots. Maybe it's like an expansion, like it's an extra equipment thing. I don't know. It's mm. um, um I'm just, I'm, you know, spinning up the old theory crafting here. And uh, it's, I'm hopeful that we'll see some new improvements and or just like testing this new AI system that's, I'm spooling up in my mind. Because I, I just, it, it kind of makes sense to me. Kind of makes sense to me. It would be cool. I mean, the, these dudes look i mean I, I don't yeah this is the thing given the rogue ai as at the moment they, it needs to clearly change because otherwise everyone's just going to get annihilated and no one's <laughs> ever going to go to to lighthouse but i mean the the design of these guys is i am excited and i think that it's fun do i think that the character design is like maybe a little ott i no, i don't know for, for me a like little... maybe it's a little bit a little bit too much maybe just a little bit what do you mean? Um, but what I think mean? I think it's super fun. Like I don't know, are they like are they slightly too try hard? I I don't know. That was that's my only like that was my only reservation. I think they're super sick. Don't get me wrong. I think they're uh-huh. super cool. Um, I think they're just like maybe they're a little bit like, too kind of like cod skinny for me, like a little bit. But uh, like trying um, a little too hard to be a little too like little badass. Like, like Ooh, look like, at me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you know, I, can, I get like, you. you know, I get the, you. the skull mask with like the wire dreads <laughs> and stuff, and it's like, oh my goodness, like really? I kind of see like, that. Yeah, it's like it's got everything, right? It's like all the things. Uh-huh. He's like the dude's got like the GL and the skull gloves with the tats, the glasses, the beanie mm-hmm. hat, like the the new special ear things, and then oh, Andy also has the pipe too, and it's like you really just you know you added it all, right? You, yeah, you guys added yeah. everything. Um, I think I think General Sam's reply. I've just I've just reseen General Sam's reply to it, which I thought kind of summed up my thought a little bit as well when I first saw them. Which is like, this is the result of asking the whitest person you know to draw what they consider badass, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> but look, they're going to be That's sick. They are they are going to be really really fun. I I kind of like I in that way I kind of like Bird Eye <laughs> the most in some sense because yeah. he's kind of just got kind of like a comfy jumper on um yeah and the weird fanny pack with like the the mm-hmm. pink like glow stick thing are they like glow sticks or something um, i think so so he's kind of like the more he's sort of off the wall but in a in a different kind of way which i think is kind of neat he was um, giving me like um uh, native american vibes maybe that's just because of his oh maybe the, yeah. the pattern of his jumper or whatever that that top is but um Almost like a lone wolf type of thing. Maybe I don't know. So yeah, uh, so that's so that's kind of neat. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. We're gonna have to see how they all work together and stuff, and like where they are on the map and and that kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. it's gonna be yeah. If they if they work together with the existing AI, it's gonna be pretty gross. Trying <laughs> to fight these guys. I mean, yeah, as I said, fighting the rogues is already bad enough, and we just need to we just need to figure out. Um, <laughs> we just need to figure out how. Well, I say we battle state needs to figure out how to make the AI balanced without making like right hands like lean peaks be the only way to kill them you know what i mean the problem is it's just like trying to design something like that without any cheesing stuff is very very difficult uh, i don't know i mean yeah guys in chat saying giga loves the boss with the jumper haha of course <laughs> of course the boss with the jumper my kindred spirit um it's cold it's cold here it's, it's cold in this country guys come on give me a break 
Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's just like, how do you balance a guy with a drum GL, a dude who is probably going to have a thousand HP with a scar and a long range sniper? I mean, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. I wish they put in some really some cool mechanics around them about being able to maybe like force their position or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I'm just not sure whether like the mechanics is better than. I think I'd rather have the AI work really, really well and be natural as number one. But failing yeah. that, I'd rather have some specific mechanics that are designed to, I don't know, you, you do have to do certain things, almost like a Metal Gear boss fight or something. You have to do certain things to make them, to force them to certain areas or whatever, to make it kind of like a bit more dynamic without it just being cheese. Whereas if they are just ordinary AI and then it just comes down to, oh, well, because when you do this, every time he runs here, you run into this room and then you just wait until they come through and then you headshot all three of them with the, you know, the MDR as they come through the doorway. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's probably the worst outcome. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I'd actually almost rather some more gamey type mechanics like Bird Eye uses a big searchlight and you have to shoot it out first and then that forces him to come down. You know, just like just stuff like that. Like, it's just something I've mm-hmm. thought off the top of my head. But any anything that's like that, rather like if they can't make it work intuitively and, and naturally using the standard AI or whatever enhancement they're going to make. I'd, I'd rather mechanics like that be added um, to make things feel a bit more interesting. But yeah, I, don't, I will see. We'll see what they, what they do. I mean, who, know, who knows? Who knows exactly how it's yeah. going to work out? Very, very hard to say at this point. Yeah, I just to comment quickly on that and then we'll move on. I, I, mm. I, I think they needed to figure out what they want the player to do like what mechanics they want them to do if that makes sense um like i mean i'm thinking of like dark souls because or elden ring boss fights because it's like for me it's just i haven't played a lot of these types of games but for me they're they just feel really rewarding and challenging because assuming the hitboxes i i saw a I'm going I'm going on a tangent, but I saw a um a hitbox, like a 3D model render of one of the bosses and showing the hitboxes and like the hitboxes did not match the model. Like they were just these huge like cones. But but the point being with, with like the fun thing about Dark Souls is when you fight these bosses, they're really challenging and most players will just like start spamming as soon as they come a boss, they'll just like start spamming R1, just attacking, attacking, and they'll just constantly get punished, they'll die, they'll come back, they'll try to like innovate, you know, repeat, learn. Eventually the 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 meta game of that is looking like analyzing the animations, like what they're doing and timing the dodge or block or whatever the correct mechanic is to like punish the boss basically. So it's like a, it's, it's a mini game within the game or a meta game within the game. And that's kind of just how it works. Like that's how you have these speed runs or these challenge runs where people you play the game and take zero damage, you know, no hit run. And they'll, you know, it's, it's just insane, but, Anyways, if they could do something like that where they want to like figure out what they want the players to do and how the other part of that is some of the bosses in the past had like a really cheesy, like a gimmicky mechanic. Like one of them in Dark Souls 3 was like a giant. And when you enter the boss room, he has like a ton of HP, you do like no damage, but like next to where he spawns, there's a sword that's like specifically designed for him that does more damage against him. And it just kind of makes. Like, it just takes away a lot. Of, like, all the other bosses are normal, quote-unquote, but this boss is different, and it, like, lessens the experience for 
in my opinion. I think most people feel that way, but that's that's like where I, like I don't because now we have a cheesy mechanic, which is you know they're really challenging, but the way to to that's like really cheesy and gimmicky is just the right side peak. You know, it's just like, yeah, just right to say peak and they're easy. You know, it's, it's so bad. I don't want that obviously, but so some, some sort of like middle ground where it's like they're challenging and maybe they even have like a certain design, um, goal oriented thing. Like for example, the Rashala and his goons, his goons like just protect Rashala. Rashala is like a coward essentially, like something like that. You know, Santar, he like meds his... He, like, just stems up his bodyguards, you know? He's, like, a support thing, you know? Sturman, he's just, like, lurking, sniping, like, flanking. I don't know. Like, kill, you know, they, they could do something like this, um, but still have to figure out what, how do they want the player to be challenged and overcome that challenge, I guess. Something yeah. like this. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I wish there was more um, interactive elements to the maps in some sense in in those kind of ways i don't, I don't mm -hmm. know i just that's like i don't really have any firm and strong ideas on exactly how it would work but i'm thinking of all sorts of weird things like you have to do something to block off one boss to then engage the other one otherwise if you try and take on all three at once then they'll just kill you so you have to somehow yeah i don't know blow something up and block one so they're stuck behind so they have to go an alternate way around and in that gap you then can sneak up to the sniper because he's not being covered by scar dude anymore and then you can fight him at close range and there's something like that you know where you have yeah, to yeah you have to find a weakness through the defenses but i just feel like it's going to be find them don't get aimbotted and then shoot yes them. yeah so well, well i don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see i mean these guys are very very specialized so they'll have they've got a lot of time and i think from conversations that i think you know veritas has had with nikita then he's they've been waiting to change the rogues i think he said mm -hmm. this right that they've been waiting to change the rogues and after the bosses are completed anyway because there was no point until the bosses were in they may as well do it all at once because they're all sort of reliant upon each other i suppose so we'll see maybe we get a, a radical overhaul of, of rogue AI as well and and uh yeah and then we can get dlss and then i can actually play the map it's gonna be great <laughs> yeah yeah it's gonna be great um, was so, there any uh, other yeah. news stuff besides that? I think that's really so it. So the only other news that I have is there wasn't wasn't really any other updates, but there was a tweet. There's a couple of tweets from Nikita himself, and hmm. he posted up. Um, Congosaurus Rex replied to Nikita's original post about these guys, and. He said, Knight, please tell me that his mask is lootable. And Nikita said, yes, it is lootable on Twitter, which is interesting. So you can you can loot the, the mask from Knight, whether you can wear it or not. He didn't say exactly, but I imagine mm. you probably can. But you can take that. I mean, I think that's the question that a lot of people have is whether which items are lootable or not. The guns clearly will be, but whether Big Pipe's six shot grenade launcher is lootable is yeah question mark. Because I know Nice Guy actually asked Nikita on Twitter directly in that same oh, yeah. thread because he replied to the first guy and he obviously didn't reply to nice guy afterwards. So we don't know whether the the grenade launcher is going to be is going to be usable by the players. I'm not really sure. Um, and the only other thing was because it's actually quite useful because you can just go and look at what Nikita's replies are to stuff and it's filtered mm -hmm. through some of the IRL things. And the latest one was his post saying we constantly commence ban ways of cheaters, but yesterday there was a wave that I want to note 
where we removed 9,000 cheaters from the game, which is pretty insane. And obviously everyone's saying, yeah, this is great, blah, blah, blah. And he replied to one person in this thread. Mm -hmm. And they said, this is Wrath of the Shire. And he said, hell yeah, I'd be interested to know how many active players there are right now. My guess would be around 100K, which was sort of my guess as well around there. And Nikita replied saying, much more. Man. Whether much means three times the amount or whether much means 50% more, it's anyone's guess. Because 150K is much more than 100K, but so is 300. So I don't, I don't really know. But even if you were to make an estimate and say, okay, well, maybe it's double 200,000 or something, then that's pretty much 10,000 cheaters. So one in 20 raids, there's a cheater that was banned. Yeah. So the cheats that the haven't been detected are still in. So I don't know whether you could broadly estimate that maybe that's 20,000 cheaters, one every 10 raids, maybe there's a cheater of some kind. And that's not even, that's not blatant. People using aimbot or anything like that it could just be ESP, the things that are very hard to know otherwise. So I don't know. I'm playing this weekend, so I'm going to see how it feels. I've not played since this notice came out because it was only six hours ago. So I'll see how the raids feel. I mean, to be honest, it never feels that bad to me anyway, but mm-hmm. that is also partly down to the type of player that I am, which I don't know whether you want to talk about now or later, but I've listened to Jesse's podcast, which was the the very long one. The, <laughs> the very long the Chad, one. <laughs> the interview with the Chad, basically, uh-huh. which was which was which was pretty interesting. But um, I, we could talk about that now or later. But I mean, they they broadly said in that if you're the type of player that has high KD and rushes the high value loot spawns, you'll be killed mm-hmm. by cheaters a lot more, which makes sense. And so, you know, cheaters yeah. don't often go out of their way to just kill low level players or players who are a threat to them because they don't want to get their accounts banned if they can help it. Right. They'd rather not. Right. And so they'll only take out the players who are going to be a threat to their business. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. So yeah. And as someone said here, right, like how often do you play laps? I never play laps. So yeah, playing the way that I play and the way that a lot of people play, we won't run into cheaters that often. And it makes a lot of sense when hearing their perspective on it. I mean, it makes sense, but that's the deal. I don't know. How do you feel like you, know, you get small sus stuff, the higher kits you take in. So I can believe it. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't really, there's two, there's a lot of factors that comes into it. Like even just like server selection, play style, where you go on the map. Um, yeah, I, I just, it's just way too many. Your, your experience is just very way too much from player to player. And that's why I like anytime any, almost anyone says, um, like I was hacking, I'm just like, you mm, don't really know that, you know, it's just like, eh. yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it's very hard to know. It's very, very hard to know, especially for the ordinary yeah. player. I think it's very, very difficult to know. I really don't think that I get cheated on that often, but I'm, I'm not a prolific looter. I don't really go to the high. I've never been a key runner, particularly. You know, it's just like my play style is actually almost the opposite. I probably run into the least hackers out of really anybody um, of kind of the, the later game players who got max hideouts and stuff just because yeah i just don't do those loot runs really i don't i don't rely on them and that's not the way that i play usually and i tend to stay outside i don't all I, I don't often go mm-hmm. inside unless i really have to because i feel that i'm much less likely to encounter an unfair fight in my advantage and 1v1ing people often ends up me dying 50 percent of the time and when you're playing solo you only have to run into two or three of these for you just to not get out of any yeah. raid ever 
And so I'd much rather catch people off guard outside in the routes that I know. And that's just that's just how I play the game usually. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that I don't run into many weird scenarios also on that basis. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny. I mean, yeah, is there, is there anything else? I mean, yeah, it's interesting well, about the concurrent players. I mean, I yeah, that's, I don't, I, I'm going to be critical to Keita. I don't like that he copped out here. He just said much more. Like, uh, I don't, I really would have liked to know the actual number because then we could at least infer something, you know? Um, I just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That just rubs me the wrong way. I mean, it's, uh, it's probably a, business slash mental health move on his part you know so like i i get you know i can kind of understand but yeah anyways not really much to infer we just know apparently nine thousand. at least we think we know yeah. nine thousand were banned exactly exactly i mean yeah if there's uh if there's i mean i'm I'm happy to to discuss the podcast i thought i thought what he talked to yeah those guys was really interesting because i know last time you asked me whether i had watched it and i'd seen the first half and yeah i did i did finish it and there was various things in there that you could it was interesting hearing what they had to say in full because you could distill Mm -hmm. quite a relatively quick summary in general as to what it was but you wouldn't necessarily get all of the nuance you know what i mean and so listening to everything that everyone had to say was interesting but there was there was one part in particular which i wanted to talk about first and foremost and we could talk about any anything else in there if you want afterwards but i, I wanted to first and foremost talk about the um inertia conversations because that was where a lot of the discussion yeah ended up yeah but it was right towards the end and it was something that tig said which resonated with me in a couple of different ways that mm-hmm. I thought was super interesting. And it, when I was talking about the, we, we had a conversation last time about the skill ceiling and, and inertia and about yeah. the, the mechanical yeah. skill ceiling versus the tactical skill ceiling, that kind of thing. And so there's, I'm going to read this basically. I copied this out of the, YouTube. I see this. Yeah. You see it in our, you see <laughs> yes. it in our notes. Yeah. Because I thought it was really funny. And I'm also per, like the perfect example of what I was talking about. Right. Um, and from somebody who's super high level who actually ends up in these situations because I end up in these situations and then I just rush out and just die. So, you know, mm-hmm. but, he, but anyway, so they're talking about inertia and Diggs is like talk, just discussing about why inertia has restricted people's options in the late game. That's really the context. Okay. So he said, I'm not even kidding. I was stuck inside a room for 30 minutes in this one one raid. There's a three man outside. I was in crack house in the library. And the only reason that I didn't take a chance to kill them was because I knew um it's because oh, sorry the only reason that i didn't take a chance to kill was because i knew that i would lose off the peaking mechanic so i was inside the library they used all their nades i had no nades what happened was and this is partially due to inertia they knew if they tried to push me they died because of their left side peak but if i push them i'm going to die because there's three of them right so what what happened is if i was to throw even if i had a nade if i was to throw a nade they were going to push me because of the animation and if they throw a nade that opens up a window for me to shoot them so why inertia is bad in terms of just PvP is those situations there, which makes it very linear. And he's basically like, neither of us can do anything. We're in a complete stalemate because neither of us can push. I'm stuck here. These guys are just camped outside. They can't come in and kill me because of the way the peak mechanic works and, and holding angles. And I can't push out and kill them either. And there's there's so many things to this, which I, I think it's really fascinating, actually, that, that this is a case study because... In a vacuum, this situation seems like a failure of inertia, right? In a, in a vacuum. 
Okay. If you're looking at it from a particular perspective, and you're looking at it from the perspective that Tiggs is, and, and mm-hmm. you know, is, makes complete sense, right? He's thinking about it as a top tier PvP mechanical player. That completely makes sense. But I don't necessarily think that Tarkov, because I was thinking about this more, because I do actually agree with him, right, in, in many ways. But I was thinking, I was like, is Tarkov a game where the mechanics being implemented in a certain way require a solution to a problem such as that? Does, is that is that necessarily, by definition, a failure of the game? Because like, the game isn't a competitive PvP game in the first place. You know, If there was a... a, a mechanic within a you know, something like cs or valorant or something that or, or dota where you end up in a perfect stalemate and there's no way to win that would be a complete failure of that game but tarkov isn't like those kinds of games it's not the same and i don't know if you can necessarily benchmark it on the same in the same grounds right because sometimes in real life combat you could be in a situation where you're in a stalemate and you the only way to win is the, the party who actually has the the way to exit to leap because neither of you can kill each mm-hmm. other. There is like so it's distinctly possible that, that situation occurs. You see what I mean? And so I don't yeah. know. But with with Tarkov being a realistic battle simulator as opposed to a PvP game, I don't mm. know if it's necessarily a failing. Even though I do agree with him, I do actually agree with him, um, and I and I totally get that those situations do occur under the PvP system. Um, but it's only I think it's only a failure if you're viewing it from a mechanical top level PvP viewpoint. If that makes sense. Well, what's also interesting is I I actually rewatched it throughout the day today because I wanted to get a refresher as we're going to talk about today, and um, I remember him talking about this again. I was listening closely, and at and towards the end of this, his dialogue, he said something to the effect of, "So I just sat there and, and ate some cookies, and it's like, well," and he said something like, "And it's just boring content," and in 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 terms of his what he provides to to his content, you know, it was just, it's a stalemate. It was boring content. Um, so that's also like another layer of the perspective, right? Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's a bit like what Rengar was saying in some of the other parts where he, he said, and it's actually basically what I said about, because my deal is things like the flea market and stuff, right? His deal and these guys deal is PVP, is high end PVP. And mm-hmm. he said exactly what I said about the flea which was, I loved the fleet before the Finding Rage was, was brought in. The Finding Rage was good for the game. And Rengar said exactly the same thing about PvP. He said, I loved PvP before Inertia, but Inertia was good for the game. I don't mm-hmm. like it as much personally, but it's good for the game. Yeah. And th- these two things can be different, right? I loved the fleet when it was just like, <laughs> just ridiculous, Flipping right? HK, yeah, 18 it was inch just, barrels. It was, just, it was just stupid, right? But it's like, yeah. and it's not good for the game, but I, yeah. I had great fun doing it. Yeah. Um, because it's just like, it's, just well, it's just that I like that kind of thing. It's just it's, yeah. it's just me. But the game is better off for not having it there. You know, I had great mm-hmm. fun doing that that stuff. And so, I thought that was kind of that was kind of interesting. But yeah, I, I agree with you. There is this other overlay of, and that's what brings it back to coming from a, a mechanical PvP competitive mindset. Is that if your content is derived from that, then then not to be a solution, then is a failure from that sense because you say, well, there's no way to even try to make a play if i could make if i could try and make a, even a hail mary play mm-hmm. then sure i could go for it but going down that corridor into three dudes with the wrong peak angle is is literal suicide and i will there's no way of me winning there against mm-hmm. anyone who's actually any good anyway 
and uh yeah and, and that's the thing it's like yeah from that perspective sure it's a, it's a failure but i'm not sure from every perspective now I've, i actually regaled this tale to um some other friends as well and uh just said because uh, it, it kind of struck a chord with me i thought it was interesting and one of my uh one of my close friends said to me um they said oh they, they said oh tarkov's got voip now though right yeah and i was like you know what? You are completely right because I hadn't even thought about that either. Because I'm not. A lot of people have said Voip's changed the game for them. I'm quite a, like, and this is why I think I get what these guys are on about. Quite, I, I feel I feel for them because I'm quite a mechanical type of player in general. You know, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have thousands, tens of thousands of hours of PvP in Tarkov, but it's like that's this is the way that I think about these things, and I'm much less focused on kind of the, the social element that brought VoIP in. Yeah. And some, some people are very focused on it. And I just have hardly used the function, to be honest. I've used it a handful of times, but it's just not really the type of player that I am. But it was a really important point, I think, that I hadn't even considered, which was maybe you could just VoIP your way out of the situation. You, you could. But then I was having, as you were describing this, the same discussion you had your friend was coming up in my mind is like clearly the the stalemate situation is like um makes sense for tarkov you know it's not an esport game and so it's fine and we have voip so you can because if you have a if you have a tie and there's nothing you can do to break the tie you basically have to go your own separate ways right or just roll the dice and lose i don't i don't know but but because you have that communication you can like maybe you could work something out maybe not you know and something i don't know that's that's the interesting part but in the context of Tarkov as it is today, and in the context of where Tiggs is at, it doesn't really make sense for him to, um, in the context of the game as well, to to VoIP, right? Because in terms of like game goals or player goals, he's doing he's there for PvP, like that's, and it's not even a player goal necessarily because he probably has money's not an issue. Right. Um, he's probably everything unlocked, he's probably got Kappa, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like there's there's no common enemy or common ally. Like it's not like he needs to team up with them so he can extract or go do something. You know, there's not like yeah. a a game motiv- motivator, you know what I mean? Unless he like cares about not losing his kit. But like again, all this stuff is probably not the case, right? Now you can argue, you know, he could do the social element for like content and like sure, you know, that's fine. But in terms of the game, I'm just saying. Voight doesn't really support it all that well because of the structure of the game. Like, I, I keep, every time we talk about Voight and, like, Scav Karma, things like this, I just keep thinking about Rust, man. And I, I kid you not, sometimes, I know, Church, Rust, oh my god, talk about Rust. There's, <laughs> there's, I, can, I have vivid memories where me and my neighbor will be fighting each other and we'll be, like, the worst of enemies. But then some new jackass will be, like, on top of his base, just like sniping everybody in the area, or like, dude, you know what? We haven't been best of buddies, but like, can we work something out to take out this jackass? You know what I mean? We'll get like revenge, and and same thing. You'll have like stalemates where you're just like, you know, sitting there camping a guy, whatever, like camping his base or whatever, and you're sitting there for thirty minutes. You know, maybe you have a stalemate, but you can like work stuff out. He's like, hey, I I hear you out there. You're not being sneaky. Like, there's a, I don't know. It's just, it just seems more like it's better supported in the game whereas like for me the meta with voip 
And Tarkov was like, hey, man, I need pistol kills in the office. So, like, hey, man, I need to play this thing. Okay, you play this thing and then you can kill me. Like, it was like a weird metagaming of like working together to like complete the quest, which is like kind of what I am saying, but it's just a weird thing that I didn't expect. And I don't know, it's just different, I guess, you know, like they are working together to achieve goals they're not a common i mean it is a common goal in terms of progressing but their own separate quests like i don't know it's just it's just kind of weird is all um yeah I, I get you i get you i get you i, th- I think the, i think the point is that it, even in that stalemate yeah maybe there's not something you can do but like there's maybe there's another avenue potentially there's a, there's a something else maybe you can do something funny or you can say hey hey guys you know we can work something out blah 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 and then you come out and then you shoot them all or whatever like i don't know this is like there's lots of options but it gives yeah. another option other than everyone just being silent and you're just stuck there's there's maybe a way or maybe there's yeah a way to to make something entertaining out of the situation or, or whatever I, I don't know really um i think that was just the thought that i was having with it which was which was interesting but uh yeah no let me be clear like i i agree with what you're saying i just mm. i wish that tarkov would support more social yeah. interactions because i feel like it's actually very lacking like it's really strong in the early game i have one i don't know if i talked about this but i have one raid where i was kind of like giga chad on factory trying to kill them in in the office area and these two poor guys man they were like one was like a pistol and one had like a shotgun and they were just like please man don't kill me i just need to go plant the thing in the office or they had to do something and i was like fine i'll help you like i i could like really i should have just betrayed them and done my own goal but the social interaction was like dude i can't do this to these guys and that's like interesting in its own bubble which isn't quite what i'm talking about but um i don't know where i was going with that but <laughs> anyways <laughs> i i want more stuff like the the social element in tarkov i really want more stuff like that with Void. it's just yeah. so hard like what we talked about before because of the non-permanence of you just are in random raids each time with random yeah. people you never meet the same people again that's just that's so difficult that's, that's always the it's always going to be the problem it's always gonna be the problem unless yeah i don't know you're like get some information if you played with if you played against someone before or mm. i don't know you know get a radio call in or oh, someone's spawned in this game that's killed you in the past but you'd never know who it was and it's just it just doesn't really work yeah so hard to to know to be able to track and get a nemesis or anything it's just not i just can't see how it would function yeah i don't know i don't know um but yeah i mean the, the there was a whole bunch of stuff there's a whole bunch of stuff in there there was one section that fascinated me and i was like clearly i don't play enough pvp um because the consensus amongst all of the guys there was that shoulder swapping fixes 90 percent of pvp problems in in eft which i was intrigued about yeah i was very intrigued because i think jesse said in that interview or in that podcast most of the community he thinks would imagine that shoulder swapping is probably down in the bottom sort of 20 or 30 percent of of demands raising my hands and 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 for me too right i just thought yeah "Yeah, it would be really good to get but and all three of those dudes were like no no no, that's super it's super important it would fix so much in pvp it means you could take either either side and people now are just running round and round and round right hand peaking circles after each other because everyone knows how bad the left hand peak situation's got with inertia and that was honestly it was genuinely eye-opening i just not realized how i mean i know how important right hand peaks are but i hadn't really gone to that length of thinking oh they're going they're going to put the shoulder swapping in and that then equalizes the two angles i suppose well to tie this back in 
with TIGS as, you know, custom crack house library thing, would that not be the solution to this problem? I guess so. Because could you? Because then he or the enemy could left hand peek, you know, shoulder swap and left hand peek, and then have. Yeah, so and I, then he with his you know better better aim or whatever, then right. he can outshoot them, and then he feels like he's not just trying to walk out, and they get, you know, three hundred milliseconds on him when he's mm-hmm. leaning mm-hmm. out left side. He can then just use his regular cracked aim and kill the guys, and that's the solution to the problem. And I guess that makes sense. It, it makes it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. But yeah. I never really even considered. I knew I've heard it on Nice Guys' list of things that's coming, and never really thought much more of it. Aware that right hand peaks are super strong, and just never really thought much more on it of it. And th- and it's so obvious yeah. now that you hear it. Right? Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Yeah, I mean, uh. yeah. I just I've always just kind of. I I think what it was is back when that was like high up in the news cycle like shoulder swapping we still had an uh no inertia so it really wasn't as emphasized or as relevant i guess um whereas now yeah it makes yeah like it's like hugely hugely because they 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 kind of alluded (laughs) to what you were saying how you basically it's like a game of oh i go here i know i can get a really good right hand peek here and you could like metagame it so much, like this angle is so powerful because there is no other right hand peaks for this guy here. Like it's like I'm trying to think of a good spot on like factory. Like honestly, factory, the you know, the um uh what's it called? The the forklift spawn, the the one that it's the one that comes to mind for me the most because a lot of people don't like forklift spawn and I have always liked forklift spawn yeah. because it's two right got, angles down both. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's great. Like as long as you get out of that room fast enough, <laughs> like yeah, you're you're any. I mean, sometimes you can get kind of screwed if like they both push you down the hallway, but either way, yeah. you still get two right hand peaks. They have to come around the corner at the same time. So yeah, yeah. To your point, yeah, I actually really like that spawn. <laughs> Exactly. That one's very that's very formulaic for me. I run out, I go mm-hmm. left, I jump yep. over the glass hallway sightline, I come round and forwards, I peek that guy because you can hear the guy coming down glass hallway yes. from behind yep. you. And if you if they're coming down glass hallway, you just whip around. There's nowhere that they can go. There is literally nowhere mm-hmm. for them to go. And you just right out and peek round the corridor and shoot them. Yeah, the only way is if you're if you're directly engaging somebody down the, the other side, but you can still disengage from them. There's enough of a disconnect between those two angles you disconnect from the guy on the left hand side they would then have to instantly push down that corridor which is really scary for them they don't know if you're still there or not you just disengage from that and then you move around the glass corridor instead and yeah as i said if they're coming down that hallway and they're a decent way down there is nowhere for them to go every time that i know better and i go down there anyway i get (laughs) killed because there is nothing you can do. The only yeah. thing you could do is go prone and surprise someone. That's really the only way that you can do it, yeah. I think. It's just like, otherwise, they know exactly where you are. And it's, they've got the angle too. Like, it's crazy. It's super strong. It's super strong. And again, you can disengage from that because you just turn around. You just move slightly away and they can't see you anymore. And then you can engage down the other side. So it, it feels super strong. And I've always, I've always found that room really powerful. I never mind because I get that spawn a lot. And I never mind having it. I, I much prefer forklifts than I do... Gate zero, for example, where you've got the big open space next to you and then the tunnels entrance because people could be all over the place. But yeah, forklift is really formulaic. I quite, I quite yeah, like it. For sure. Yeah. 
Dude, it's so funny you and I had the same reaction like yeah dude I actually because it's funny when you first start playing I hated that spawn because I'm terrified just like slowly moving slowly peeking the door like I'm still in the thing like you know 10 seconds in and what it happens is those guys just rush you and you get screwed but yeah that's that's hilarious yeah because if you're in that room they know exactly where you're going to be you're going to be behind the box yeah. or there's only be the back yeah there's only yeah. a couple there's a, a couple of off angles but they're really bad because they're right at the back of the room and you've got no cover or you're behind the box and it's that's and really it so, to be fair they are left side peeking when they come in but as, as they are they are you only have so much cover you can easily throw a nade like it's it's you're you're limited to very few positions in that room with cover. Yeah. Whereas if you're in the next one, then you're so much more, and you can even jump down the stairs. Like there's 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 lots of stuff that you can do. Right? It is, I feel very powerful being in that room. There's a lot of cover too. So like if you're playing in that spot um, next to the forklift, let's say a guy is rushing you from from both directions, right? And you you know the forklift that's like um, at an angle next to the to the metal stairs. You could move in a position where your back is covered by the forklift protecting you. So that way you could take on one target at a time. That makes any sense. Explain verbally. So you, instead of having like a corner and like a box where basically you can't go anywhere, you're covered. You have objects that you can walk circles around to like cover different positions. So it's way more powerful sitting yeah. in that room so yeah. i've definitely had people walk circles around things reloading <laughs> with me running after them not able to catch up and then they turn around and black me in the face that has definitely no. happened so it's it's so that is the absolute worst when someone runs out of yeah. ammo and then you can't catch up with them and they just like juking around these boxes and stuff and you're like come back and then they <laughs> pop out and just ap20 you in the face or something oh, it's no. just like the worst feeling in the whole world someone in chat had a really cool idea which was um mm -hmm. the idea of having a dominant arm um, and the idea is you could pick a dominant hand at the start. Wow, that sounds really and then cool. Maybe, and then maybe you level, you level a skill to unlock like the shoulder swap or something. But like I, the idea of like picking a dominant hand would be kind of cool because some people would be really like... really cool. Whether it's like the best... I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure the exact ramifications. Maybe it's, everyone would be like, oh no, you've got a left hand. You've got to grab left hand, dude, because like 75% of the angles in labs are left hand peak. So, you know, I, I don't know. I'm yeah. sure there'll be some like, oh, the important angles in the game, there's too many on the right, one side right, or another right, side. Right, right. I, don't, I don't know. But uh, yeah, to make them asymmetric slightly and you're not sure exactly who you're playing, whether you're playing against a lefty or not. Yeah. Like, dude, kind of that would be so kind of cool, man. That would make, make your player character feel way more unique. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, you chose the lefty, I chose the righty. Dude, let's team up. We can do yeah. damage on this map. Yeah, dude, that'd be sick. That'd be sick. That'd yeah, be some, sick. some good ideas. That's some good ideas. Um, I did want to quickly preface what we're discussing. I don't know if we made it like super clear, but Jesse did a podcast with oh. Tiggs. <laughs> Whoops. That's fine. Tiggs, Rengar, Ragnar, Ragnar, Rengar, yeah. Rengar. And, um, Hyper Rat. Yep. That was it. And <laughs> it was essentially from the, it spawned from the Twitter hot takes, if you will, about inertia and meta guns and everything that came of all of those tweets and whatnot. And, 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 and essentially Jesse was just like, hey, I want to have a sit down with you guys. I just want to hear your actual thoughts and opinions on some of these subjects. And I'm just like, you know tip of the fedora to to jesse dude like i mean i just i i, I just can't appreciate him enough for 
setting this up and doing what he did because I think I might even tweet about it, but it's just like it's before he did the the podcast. I was just like, man, the the worst thing about Tarkov Twitter is just like, and this is probably true of like any social media platform or whatever nowadays or political climate, whatever. People just become more. They don't want to like understand each other. They just want to become more polarizing, right? They just want to be like, oh yeah, screw you. You're not in my camp. And I was like, no, screw you. You're not in my camp. And and you just get more and more further apart. And and it's crazy how listening to these guys, how much that I was like relating to and like, like oh my god, you know, I I kind of surprised you had that opinion because even in my own, um influence from twitter and stuff i've just sort of like stayed away from that crowd of people if you will um and i think it's just unjustly like the person that really i connected with the most was like tiggs and i was like dude this guy is like yeah dude this guy's kind of cool you know i want to hang around him some more (laughs) anyways so i i just want to like give props to jesse for doing that because dude i just feel like that was needed so much and for me it was just like really eye-opening like wow i really shouldn't like have these really poor assumptions about people based off tweets and yeah. So anyways, they, they talked about a lot of things like inertia, EVP, even tears a little bit, uh, what they think and feel about the game competitiveness, all the, all this type of stuff It's super, super insightful. At least I found, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, so yeah, I recommend you check it out. It's a long one though. So buckle in, but great stuff. So, what do you want to jump to next? Because there's a couple of things I got, but what do you got? Yeah, I mean, if yeah, if you got some more stuff, then I'll just like whip through the last few things from that mm-hmm. cast that I'd, I'd flagged um, that was interesting. I mean, the, we kind yeah. of covered the cheaters thing already, where their high tier players going for high level loot. So I think we already sure. covered that before. Um, something that Hyper was talking about, which I also completely agree with him, is that I find it very hard as a solo player to use nades anymore. I agree with him mm-hmm. totally on this. It's so difficult for me to use nades. And the couple of times that I have used them, you're such, especially if you're quite close, you're so at risk from people pushing you and yeah. you on your own. It's so hard. And I do think that the grenade nerfs were necessary. I think they were too, they were little too much. I think the randomizing of the grenades That's... when you pull them out is too much. Yeah. It's not, I don't think that was needed. Uh, to be honest, the, the pull the thing and pull the pin and then throw the nade like that, that's enough without having to try and micromanage all of your grenades on different keys and stuff so you don't end up pulling out the flashbacks rather than you know, the RGD or whatever. I don't think it was necessary. And it's just, yes, I mean, you can see it in the prices on the fleet. The, the nades are just nowhere near as used as they were before. And they're still okay if you're in a duo, you've got someone to cover you, which, yeah, fair enough. But in, as a solo, it's so hard to use them properly. It's really just getting space for people in more open areas or yeah. trying to get people to move. It's that that utility. Inside, they've really lost all, all value now because of that. all the audio cues they give other people. And I've been shot two or three times pulling nades out and un- pulling the pin out. And then I just get I just shot around the corner by somebody who pre-fires me. And there's just no time. There's, there's, just, there's not enough time to throw the grenade. It's just, you just can't make it work. So I normally only bring one now. I used to bring a couple. I've never been a mega, mega nade thrower, but I only normally bring one just in case that I need to just dump it on someone at medium distance and then run. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it, it sucks. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, just nades, nades are tough. And then the, yeah, the only other thing was Hyper saying that basically M62 and BP and ACPAP were the rounds he gets killed by. I was slightly surprised that he said ACPAP. M62 and BP, I totally understood. That's fine. But uh, 
I mean, I guess there's a lot oh, of people 45, using UMP. Yeah. yeah, but 45 ACP AP, he said these, those three rounds in particular are the ones he's getting killed by consistently. Um, but I think it's just because the UMP is just such a value value weapon. And with an ACP AP is such a good round. Um, super yeah. controllable, it's really cheap, price and it busts through class 4. Yeah, it's like mm. price performance, it's like just in that break point of defeating class 4 easily, and defeating class 5 after some shots, but it's got enough pen to make it work. But with the damage, it actually is okay, you see, because the damage is so high on it, I think it, it works. So, yeah, I was I was interested by that. I didn't realise, I, I knew the round's good, but I, I wouldn't necessarily have rated it as like the top three rounds in the game, mm. if that makes sense. So I think it's like BPM six two ACP was basically what he was saying. Just I just thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I definitely agreed, and I'm glad that they got to expand upon. Um, why do you think that's not good? How it could be changed, and also like why what they meant by that, and like how that's all they see, and like. The meta's boring because that's all that you ever use and is like quote unquote viable and, and whatnot. And, and I really get frustrated when people say, well, just use, you know, you don't have to use a mutant, like just build something cool. And it's like, it, I don't know, it's like you're missing the point or you're not understanding fully what they're saying. It's like, these are like the best of the best guns. And then it's like the previous, like back when, like, what was it, 12 point? No, sorry. Yeah, 12.8, 12.9, somewhere in there. It was just like you saw a lot more variations in guns and ammo at like the at end game, if you will. And it just felt like a lot yeah. more things were viable. Whereas now it's just like that pool is like shrunken down tremendously and, and does sort of make that a lot less interesting, but also just a kind of a bigger statement on the changes they made and the impact of all the culminating changes stacking on top of each other but um so yeah i thought that was really cool they got to expand upon that and um one of the things i was thinking is like they were talking about how the reason why bp is like so prevalent is because you can get off raiders you can craft it you can buy it from prepper assuming you do the quests unlocked and chances are if you're killing someone or something that has bp in them and you can stack up the 60 it's going to go into your container right i saw a screenshot on twitter someone literally had a sick case a kappa with a sick case and everything else was 60 rounds of bp <laughs> so that's like what 10 slots of bp oh my god and dude mind you i think from prapper those are like was a thousand two hundred rubles per single round something like that yeah so like Multiplied by 60, like, dude, that's 72k in a single slot. That's so that's so good, man. That's so good. That's that's insane. You're gonna value. buy it anyway, which people probably are because everyone's using it. And that's the thing too, they were saying is like I like they had a ridiculous they were saying that, you know, they have ridiculous amounts of BP. Like there's just no way they're gonna run out of it. And um, you know, the mutants also like contributing to that because the recoil changes, and we talked about this before, so I won't like, you know go too deep on it but the thing that they were saying a lot was availability 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 and yeah. one of the examples i think tig brought tigs brought up excuse me was the mark 18 which we might have talked about this a bit before but how it's like heavily restricted right you can't sell in the flea market now you have to do 
ridiculous quest and you kill Sherman 25 times. I'm like, hell no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, I don't even dude, that's a lot of woods and ugh, ugh, Sherman. Um I don't even think you can get it from can you get it from Mark Rooms now? I don't even know if you can anymore. I don't know. I think you might be able to, but I'm not sure. Regardless, they restrict the ammo too. I don't even know if you can get FMJ from traders. Can you? I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. You might still be able to. Either way, FMJ can only pin class four, ish. I think the really good stuff is extremely rare. Yeah, someone says yeah, you can't. Okay, it's it's such a powerful gun, and the really good ammo is really hard to get a hold of. And I think they need to do. Sort of my idea is you balance it by making a mix of like RNG progression and survival the the input to get the the thing, right? And I feel like on the totem pole progression, like questing is like the lowest thing. Um like it's it's not that great because it's linear and it's a one time walk through you know like once you un like how the current traders work once you unlock it you you basically it's this weird thing where literally as long as i keep um pressing the buttons the supply goes up so as long as i don't <laughs> as long as i can manage my losses with my button clicking supply i'll never run out you know what i mean it's, it's just like this weird I would love to like try to crunch some numbers on like what survival rate would you need, how much money would you need to make to like constantly refresh the traders and buy it. But yeah, anyways, I won't I won't be the dead horse. There's kind of a weird thing going on with, with the trader stock supply. Um but the next one on the poll is like RNG. Like you loot a box, you find a a bullet, a, a mod, right? Like a really good mod. Stuff like that makes it feel very rewarding and has a lot of intensity right like oh my god i got an rk2 you know this thing's like super super rare you know i gotta get out of the raid and then the other one was yeah just survival right that's just like i guess on top of the rng you know like just surviving the raid and getting out and extracting with it so I, I really like those things i guess you could also add like flea market player trading um on that as well which i i'd be fine for but um anywho i think what they can do is take different pools like low tier mid tier high tier and just say okay all the low tier stuff is going to be highly accessible mid tier stuff is going to be like eh, kind of accessible and then like the really good stuff is going to be like really hard to get you know so it makes it really valuable you wouldn't see it that all that often you know um so then it'd be like oh my god dude this guy's got a juiced out mutant with an alton slick like dude and this guy like saved up like a month or I'm exaggerating, but you know, he worked really hard to get the stuff, you know. So I think making long story short, making more stuff like the Mark 18 and sort of having like this approach where they're like, okay, here's a pool, here's a pool, here's a pool, we're gonna like divvy this up. I think it would make a better experience and not so much because dude, the meta is just it's literally off the treasure. It's how the availability, yeah. I should say. It's really just the availability. I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong, BP's a good round. But the availability is a, is a big, a big one. Exactly. Like it's a, for any individual ammo or weapon, it's kind of the combination of the gun, the ammo, the availability together, right? And it's like that that makes a round meta because people like 
366 AP is a sick round, but it only goes yes. in two guns and you can't mod them. That's really. a good point. Yeah. And it's, you know, even if you do, well, you can't, I mean, you can mod the, the 209, but the recoil is way higher than the equivalent 762 Vepper. It's just the starting point is just way higher. So people don't really like them because of, because of that fact. So it's the, it's the combination of all three. I was thinking about what you were saying about the Sturman thing. It would be sort of interesting, yeah, because it's a one-time unlock. You do the ridiculous quest and then you just unlock it forever. It, was all, it would almost be interesting if they made the quest itself slightly easier. Like you have to kill Sturman maybe five times. Once mm-hmm. you've unlocked it, you, have to, you, get, you can buy one and then you have to kill Sturman one time again. So you imagine like for the highest tier stuff, like the mutant or whatever, you have to complete a quest to buy another one. And you have to keep redoing, maybe not the same quest, but you, know, you have to do something for the trader to buy another. That may be more interesting than having a one-time purchase because it means you still have to put the work in to go and get something else. But it's not just, you do an insane amount of work and now it's just unlocked forever for you. Yeah, It kind of is a bit of a middle ground. That'd be kind of interesting, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. I do agree with you that... Mo- moving more stuff behind these barriers does make sense in general because finding this stuff is more important. I think we have started to get there. It's like now if you find an uh, ACPC, you're like, oh, this is this is kind of cool because if I, I'm not level 45 and I haven't done the interchange quest <laughs> or whatever, then I can't buy them. And when you when you see one, you're like, oh, this is sick because I don't get access to them. You know, it's like it's whereas previous wipes, I just ran them nonstop. And so, yeah, it's good. See, it's, it I'm... feels good. It feels better. I'm in the stage of nonstop because I am over level 45, you know? So it's like, so yeah. ah. But what if you had to go and kill five PMCs and interchange to buy another one and hand in those dog tags or something? I don't know. Like, I mean, would that that, be more interesting? That'd be, yeah. I mean, it'd be more interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the opinion of just like, kind of like slowly easing off quest because i just find like just the game how the game's set up with like opening crates you could find something really valuable or killing a boss you could get something really valuable and having to extract with it um i like that more than repeatedly throwing myself at something you know i don't know because it just feels a little bit too um gamey for my like i'm like in some ways we kind of have I'm, i'll try to be brief here i don't want to go too long that we have almost like a call of duty create a kit system in a sense if you you kind of understand you kind of get what i'm saying it's like you have like yes i have a limited amount of points if you will to build or money to build a kit but i i can almost make a kit to make points to where i get infinite points so then i can do whatever i want you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. but yeah. it's like it kind of like feeds on itself and and so in some cases like what you're saying you could make a very efficient kit of doing a one particular task to then get the thing i don't know i kind of like it where it's more like um i think with the hardcore kind of like really emphasizes this it's like it's it's like moment to moment gameplay it's like oh i loot a box oh my god i found something i really need like you know it just like changes everything you know throws everything for a loop it's you know i may have had one goal in mind but it just sort of like completely changed like well that's out of the window i gotta get out this ray kind of like when you find that one thing you're looking for for that one quest you know but having that repeatable and not a one-time transaction or event if you will that's what i really would love you know it's interesting. There's been some people doing 
hardcore the Tobias challenge. I've seen one page. Oh, yeah. He's like put a couple of tweets up. I've not actually watched any of the raids or anything, but I just keep seeing bits and pieces pop up. And I think part mm-hmm. of the rule is you can only sell to fence, you can only buy off fence. So you have yeah. to, the conversion rate is awful, but, some, but it means that eventually you can buy something if something random appears. And sometimes people buying like these meta guns for like 250k off a fence because they're appearing there or whatever and it's a big step up it's kind of kind of interesting i've, I've not i've not played it or, or seen any more about it but I, I know that some people are doing it it's uh, kind of a cool little challenge i think i think it's fun just with the hardcore i think it, it does yeah it makes sense what you're saying yeah. yeah the other thing i wanted to quickly touch on was they were when they were talking about inertia and not necessarily the right hand peak stuff but just the movement and and the delay and they kept using a lot of verbiage like it just feels bad and i was honestly surprised to hear them say that one of the reasons they don't like it is because like the current implementation i should specify is because it's they didn't they didn't use the word unintuitive but how they explained it was sort of how we've explained it and that you move I don't know. They they didn't really come out and say this, but it's like you move one direction, your brain tells you to start moving the other direction, and you just keep sliding. Like it just it just feels bad. That part feels bad, right? And um, yeah, I don't know. It was just really cool to hear that. You know, I'm not crazy. You know, what I mean? yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I'm not the only one. Like because it's kind of it's kind of crazy to hear them talk about these things and then have similar. Um, thoughts and opinions but um the other part that was interesting is that they did not feel that inertia was very like so you have that one aspect but then you can actually gamify it because it's not a fully implemented it's not perfect you know there's flaws to it you can actually trick the system and do this certain movement tech that's most likely definitely not intended by the game to sort of like overcome it so there's like a mechanical bug within the game that they're utilizing that most people probably don't know about or will utilize so that's sort of like offset. And then you also have the skill system that's affecting it, like strength. So there's they're saying like new players, like I logged on to my I might have mentioned this last week, but I logged on to my um yeah, I did I logged on to my level one account and it's just like dude, it's so bad, like sliding, like dude, it's actually really like level one, zero strength is really bad. And I zero weight, mind you, you know, it's just kind of crazy. But um Yeah, dude, it's uh yeah, so they were saying it's going to be for them. It's not a big deal because everything moving on top movement tech, sorry. And then they're going to get max strength in like, you know, the first week or whatever. So it's not a big deal. Like, and for the new guy, I have a buddy that was playing Tarkov on and off and he played this way. <laughs> and he, nobody told me the first day he was like, bro, this, one, this new movement system they put in is garbage. <laughs> he was like never touching this game again, and he's and he's not really like a, um, you know, like a big Tarkov guy, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but um, and and I and I understand, you know, it's just like yeah, I I get it. it's not for you, but uh, so I wonder, I just wonder how many other people, you know, felt that. I can't imagine reincarnate, you know, very loyal fans that feel that way. But anyways, long story short, I was very surprised to hear. Some of their takes on how they think it's actually bad for the new player population, you know, sort yeah. of like affects them unfairly. Anyways. Yeah, they were concerned about that. Yeah, know? they were like, yeah. we wanted to feel fair for new players and not awful. 
and that it's even more of an advantage, even though, even if they don't necessarily like the implementation of inertia, they say this implementation is actually even better. Techno this is weird that people say that, oh, you know, you just want it in the game so that, you know, you well, sorry, out of the game so you guys can just chat about and stuff. And they're just like, bro, like, what are you talking about? Like, the, the movement felt way better before, but it was actually more fair before because now we can just kill anybody who's, you know, under level 10 strength. Yeah. They just don't stand a chance. Yeah. They don't even stand a chance. The, the, the skill gap is the wrong way to put it because that, that implies real, but the in-game skill gap is actually way higher now than it was. Interesting. A bit of both. The game punishes you for for more. For, yeah, and, and a bit of a bit of both because you've got these new skills that have come in because people are like metagaming the actual <laughs> keyboard mechanics. But it's it's what we talked about before, right? Fundamentally, all it comes down to is if you press a button and you're accelerating, that feels fine. If you're pressing a button and you're accelerating slowly, that feels fine. If you're pressing a button and your character is still traveling the opposite direction, it feels awful. And you're you'd bet you're always better off having a system where at the at the you same stop instantaneously speed. Sorry. at the yeah at the same speed right and then, mm. yeah exactly and so you're almost better off having a system that you stop instantaneously but your acceleration is much much slower because then at least you you feel slow but at least you feel like you're in control of your character you know you feel like your character is going where you're telling it to even though it's moving there at a slow rate you're not going the opposite way and that's why people think it feels floaty because it feels like you're controlling a barge or something where you're going in one direction <laughs> yeah. and you turn the thing and it does it then slowly starts to go the other way you know that's that's why it feels weird whereas if it mm -hmm. stopped instantly it still wouldn't that wouldn't be the right solution you, you know i'm not saying that that's the right solution but it would be it it probably wouldn't feel as weird as it does now it's because you press yeah you when you press the button the one way you expect you expect your character to move that way and when it continues to slide the other way and yeah it's slowing down but you're still moving in that direction it feels funky. It just feels funky. It does. There's um a content creator named Tayoff. I hope I'm saying his name right, but I saw actually I think someone in your chat posted a video. Yeah, I think I think that's what happened last week, and I watched it. And he basically shows the mechanics, talks about inertia, but you know, why it feels bad. But he also takes examples from other games, like a you know, more arcadey games, Apex, CSGO, Call of Duty, and shows the differences. But he also did Squad and Insurgency, which I thought was kind of interesting. And that I is interesting. One of them didn't have any, I think it was Squad, didn't have any inertia. Like, it was just, you know, pure left and right. And then I think Insurgency had a little bit of inertia. Um, but yeah, that was, I'd shout out to to tay off and go check that video out because i thought it was a pretty cool video i really want to do this video i need to hunker down and get the strength because what i want to do is level one show the movement i need to find some testable way i got some ideas and then like repeatable testable things because i want to also see how strength affects it level 50 and then level 51 because it's like a different in my mind it's different you know and i want to that's that's kind of the hard part that i gotta figure out once I get the 50 is I got to figure out the testing methodology ahead of time, because then I have to go do the test for one and 50 and then go level up and then come back and do 51. But then I can't have yeah. a different test amount testing methodology by then. Otherwise everything else, I can't go back in time. So yeah. But, um, and you have anyway. to wait for me to get to 50 strength and that's going to take yeah. a long time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> get what's your password. Dude? Let me get in, dude. I got to level up. <laughs> oh my goodness uh, yeah it's all intriguing. right intriguing 
Yeah, let us know. I am fascinated. I haven't seen that video, so I might actually go and go and watch it because I'm. I was actually about to ask you and say, "Oh, I wonder how it's actually done in other games." I don't. The thing is, though, I would kind of want to rather than seeing it in game. What do you do? You kick your desk. I was like, <laughs> I uh, my foot slipped and I smashed something. It's fine. It's like, totally fine. Good, 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 good. Um, yeah, because I was. I kind of want to see. I don't really want to just see the gameplay. That you know the. The, the scientist in me wants to see the charts of acceleration and velocity and stuff to see like how they compare, like how it looks like mathematically. Yeah. Because I think that would be That'd kind be of interesting cool. as to what those functions look like and, and then mapping that onto how it feels and then kind of going from there and seeing if Tarkov's way off, whether it's completely different on how those functions actually perform. Interesting. Because I remember feeling like Squad to me felt really sluggish. PUBG, when I replayed it, also felt really sluggish. Um, yeah, it's funny. I'd, I'd be fascinated to know. So I'll go and watch that, and then I'll have, a, I'll have a think about it. Maybe it's something to investigate. Who knows? Maybe I can do something on it. Go frame by frame through plotting that's... the x-axis with my on-screen ruler. Yeah, that's pretty much what I've been thinking about doing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit it's a bit miserable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know, like, in CSGO, you... At least Source, you could, like, have a command to draw... Your maybe I'm I'm now I'm thinking actually I'm thinking thinking of Apex, but you could like see your velocity. It would update like by the millisecond or something ridiculous. So like you could, you could actually record that, and then you could you know frame by frame it would tell you the number. Which yeah, would be pretty sick. yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have that on Tarko, but <laughs> um... yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I think like what was V doing with the strength stuff? He had some dude with a rangefinder, and he was shining it on the guy's back. Oh yeah. To... And he had like sound. real, yeah. effectively real time position. So once he had real time position, he could then work out velocity yeah. and all this other stuff. I don't know whether the because it only goes by the meter, right? So somebody yeah. jiggle peeking, you wouldn't get enough. There's not enough granularity. Yeah. In the in the rangefinder, unfortunately, on that on that one. I wonder if you could take. My my brain's now going into crazy territory. <laughs> like, could you now just take a, a series of screenshots continuously and use the positional vector that comes on the screenshot data? Because you can, you your position actually comes out on the screenshot information uh, in the file name, so you, there's a way of working oh. out where you are. So you could almost take, hey, that's pretty you know, smart, and with the top with the timestamp, and you just go, yeah, just have, or like have have like an auto hotkey on or something. So it's just like just take, continuously taking screenshots, yeah. almost like a video, and then could like write some script that like I'm I th- I'm not as, I'm not good enough on programming to do that to be honest, but I'd have to relearn how to do stuff. But uh, I'm sure somebody could do it. Somebody could do it fairly easily, I imagine. You know, just like read through a bunch of file names and the position d- dates and, and the time that it was taken. And then, yeah, you could work it out like that. But I know sometimes that's... what you're describing is like used for devious things where. Oh, really? Yeah, because what happens is you're kind of like overloading the game or, or client to server. I don't, I don't really know, but you can like basically take multiple screenshots. I don't know if it's true for Tarka. It might have been a one one point day, but you could like move, and then you would actually like pass through the the level, like glitch through. People people use this for like glitches in, in other games, things like this. So, oh, I wasn't I aware know. of that. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how that works. Like what causes yeah. that? But anyways, um, <laughs> dude, anything else from the podcast? I'm sure I didn't really take notes because I just. There's a few things in my mind that I had, but yeah, yeah, no, that was it, really. I mean, I t- those that's everything that I'd written down. There was, I think, it just distilled into a few of those those things. But yeah, it was more generally just the feeling and the 
nuances of what they were talking about. And I understood where they're coming from. As as you said, it's the the content overlay over what I was talking about, which was the mechanical PvP viewpoint. And it would make complete sense from their perspective. I, I get it. I get it. But they're all, you know, they're thinking about the other stuff that everyone else is too, about new players and, and that kind of thing. And that there should be tweaks. I did agree actually with what Hyper was saying that because Hyper and Jesse sort of disagreed a little bit because Jesse was like, you know, this stuff was on ETS. It was tested in multiple iterations. And Hyper was like, we haven't had any iteration changes since it was released, though. Mm-hmm. And as Jesse said, he was like, well, at the beginning when it came out, it felt good. But now six months down the line, we're like, OK, well, maybe this needs to be changed or this needs to be changed. Which... So it's like four months down the line, which I get. And I, I'm still not entirely sure about the methodology of ETS in general because of the environment in which it's done. We talked about this last time. So, you know, I, I don't think that you can say that anybody can say it was tested in ETS and therefore you can't complain about it because this is it now. I don't yeah. know. It's different. I just feel like it's different. Testing it in live through four months of the wipe when people right. are actually gaining levels There's in strength. There's a lot like, more data points. I would be surprised if anybody had over 10 strength on ETS. I just <laughs> yeah. would be because you, you, yeah. you're not playing it seriously, right? And you're not, you're not playing it like that. And you're also not playing it 10 hours a day. No right. one is. Why would they? Yeah. You know, it just you... doesn't make sense. It's, it's not, it's a test environment, but it's not, it's not like the real game. So you test bed it there, then you implement it the best that you can, and then there should be another round of testing. That's why it's a beta in the first place, right? So I don't know. Hopefully they do change it at some point, or at least try some things out. I don't know. I'm really hopeful that they do try to tweak it. Like the the thing for me, well, let me say a couple of things. One, I was really surprised to hear Jesse say that when it first came out, he liked it, and then four months down the road, he didn't like it which for me was like the exact opposite <laughs> because a you like everything we just talked about leveling strength and then the the mechanical bug like for me that just made inertia way like it's it's a non-factor for me. like i don't want to say it's a non-factor it still matters but like it doesn't feel the big thing it doesn't feel as bad now right whereas day one the wipe i literally couldn't walk straight the other thing that sort of like fun about throughout this whole podcast was how I think there's a lot of value in listening and and trying to understand what these players are saying and their feedback on the game because I sort of think of them like the pro players and like Dota 2 like these guys get you know salary or you know when insane prize pools I mean these are like you know, the 0.001% of the top players, right? And it all it's always a trickle-down effect, man. It always is. Like, there'll, there'll be one team that does, you know, some insane, crazy strat, and I'm, I'm thinking... I, I won't go into details. And um, that, that becomes the meta for everyone else. It's like, they see that, like, oh my god, that's how they won the big event. And it's like, oh my god, we... And then it's literally, like... Every match, you either see that here, or it's like banned, or this strategy is like banned, and then there becomes like many metas offend that meta. It's kind of a cool thing, but long story short, um, these guys put in so many hours; they have so much knowledge about the game. Like they're going to like stress test the systems <laughs> to the max, exactly. and they're gonna find the breakpoints, dude. And I don't think it's fair to say that to assume that they 
want to keep these things to themselves for only these advantages and or even that they're just like whining and stuff i don't think that's fair so i really do think that there should be sort of a uh a change in mentality or or you know perspective on their opinions because i think there was like dude just like honestly just listen to the cast man i was really surprised how many things that i was like yeah dude i I agree, you know, or, or, or whatever. Like, that's a good point. I never thought about it like that before. So, um, you know, that's it for now. Yep. Yeah, it was good. It was very good. Yeah. <laughs> it just brought up so many interesting topics. I think that's the thing. Sorry. Like, so, so much so that we could basically, <laughs> like, spend the whole thing talking about it. Because, because it's not just about the cast rights. The, the stuff they were talking about is, like, relevant and interesting and important. You know, and re- revelations that yeah, I'd not thought about exactly as you said. So that that's why that's why it was so good. And, yeah. and Jesse was the perfect person to bre- bridge that. That was gap. also yeah, that was also like a really cool element because he's sort of the um one of the more popular casual. Arkov guys, like casual friendly, I guess is another way of putting it. Like Jesse kind of describes himself as like a casual person, which I understand. You know, he he talked about his background and and things like this, and I kind of get that vibe from him. But um, I he posted a picture on Twitter where his survival rate was like sixty two percent or sixty four percent or something like this, and I was thinking about commenting like Jesse, you can no longer say you're casual, dude. You're like. Dude, that is sixty. Like sixty is really good. In my, at least, I would think so. I would love to know the breakdown of the groups of like percentile, right? Like, where is the average? Is the average like thirty nine percent? Like the biggest population is in the thirty nine percent range. Anyways, so I thought that was really cool because he's he's like he is the perfect person to sort of like bridge the the more broader audience, if you will, of um. Because I think the reason, the reason why he's perfect is because, because I was about to just be like, well, you know, he's got this high survival rate. That's true. But he plays like pretty much all duo. So, you know, like, sure, sure. But, but on that basis, right, this is why he's a perfect person, because he plays with some really crack dudes as well. Right. He makes he's, he streams a lot, makes content for um, new players and people, intermediate players and ongoing players who don't play all the time and are not pro players or, you know, people who are on continuously no life is whatever um but he's on a lot and he plays with a lot of really good good players and so that's the thing he's in that perfect position where he's played with these guys has access to them can bring them on and talk to them like this about it and he's got enough hours like he has way more hours in the game than i do actually playing raids and so some of the things that he talks about even for me i would be like sort of out of my comfort zone talking to these guys you know what i mean like he, he plays yeah. like resort only like i hardly ever go in resort like it's just stuff like that like I, he's the sort of next notch above on me so he's like in that reaching distance to these these people whereas i i feel like for me i'd be like slightly out of reach actually in some ways so he's like perfectly positioned for it's like the best and mm. he's so chill and such a good host i also yeah. do think that he was quite good at um pushing back on things that he thought were unfair the things that they were saying yes rightly or wrongly yeah. uh, he, he was not afraid to challenge their opinion yeah which i thought was actually really good because it yeah. made the dialogue actually it enhanced it even further um yeah so no mad props my props to to mr jesse kazam he did a fantastic job yeah i i do absolutely i thought that 100 percent, and i was as you said like yeah mad props to him i and i think he did go a little soft on 
one thing in particular, which was like sort of the influencer negativity thing. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's not really criticizing Jesse. Um, I guess I am, but yeah. It, it, it's anyways, a hot topic. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to get at here. It is sort of a hard thing to, to talk about. So, um, but yeah, no, look, yeah, great. Yeah. I hope I hope they do it again, like, you know, six months from now. I hope they do that something like that again. So I think that was I loved it, dude. Yeah. Um, okay, so Giga, what do you want to do now if how much time we got left? Eight minutes? Something like that, yeah. Either, or, or we just or we just wrap it now. I don't really mind. Do you wanna we could just talk about something general. Have you got anything specific left? Um There is RMT. <laughs> Oh my goodness. You can't bring that up with eight minutes to go. I know. I know I can't. So, but it's, it's kind of a, it's kind you of a, it. you it's kind of... it like with an hour to go or something last time. You're like, no, no, we need a whole thing on this. No, That's no, no. no. Eight minutes it's... to the end. You're just like, dude, let's, I've still got RMG on the list. I'm like, you can't bring that up like that. It's a, it's a meme at this point. How many times have oh, I man. like teased it? Like, oh yeah, there is RMT. I guess we could, I might be pro RMT guys. <laughs> I bet it's just in your notes or something. It's just like RMT. There's nothing in there. Just like ca- you haven't written anything yet. Just like... <laughs> Casually mention RMT. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, if you, want um... some, if you want something, if you want something fast, I had something. Yeah, let's do it. Random at the end, which is sort of like, I mean, it's tangentially related. So, I mean, I put a tweet out. Right, I played my first ever game of Valorant yesterday. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, which was. Which is kind of interesting because I was yeah playing with some friends and um, I've actually been playing a lot of uh, a lot more like Dota just casually with people because mm-hmm. I've finally had an evening and I'm able to you know <laughs> speak to people that you know yeah. I used to be friends with. Fortunately, they're still friends with me after my like hiatus from just life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been playing a few games of that and that's been fun. But um, it, you know, it can get it can get kind of stressful. But I played my first game of Valorant because uh, someone was like, oh. Um, you know, we used to love playing CS and we played those those kind of arcade games for ages. Like we've tried to get into a few of these things. You know, we used to play who's really like the modern warfares, but after that, it's all just been battle royales because we started with PUBG um, and then we tried a bit of Apex and I moved into Tarkov and like, we haven't really gone back to any of those. So someone was like, oh, maybe we should play some Valorant because you know, it's kind of fun and it's a bit more interesting than just playing CSGO. And uh, yeah, I, I gave it a go and did, man, I was like, go into the game. And I was like, okay, well, like, firstly, obviously, I don't know anything about Valorant. I was yeah. like, I've seen some footage. I know broadly what the game's about, but I don't know what any of the heroes do and what any of the skills do. I don't know what any of the guns do. <laughs> so I like bring up the buy menu and I'm just like, oh my God, this is like sensory overload. This is insane. Like, just look through quickly. There's like stats everywhere. I'm like, just, oh, okay, they broadly see what they're going for here. The SMGs are like, okay, some damages on different body parts. Fine, I'll pick this gun. It's okay. And then I load into the game. And I'm just like, I can barely see. I can barely see what's happening. There's a map in one corner. The number of players that are left in the top. There's my ammo in the bottom. There's like, you know, all my abilities down the other side. There's like a timer mm-hmm. on one thing. There's a thing telling telling you like if you've got the thing or not. All the people on screen have all got their names, stats, all sorts of stuff. And I was like, dude, I can hardly see what's going on here. This is like proper sensory overload. Like after playing Tarkov, when there's nothing on the screen at all, it's just like there. And you've just got the gun. 
and that's it. There's just nothing else. And may, like maybe your top bar, if you have it shown, which I do, but have it. I don't need it to be fair because I know what I've got my hotkeys on. But I just quite like having it there. You've got your weapon on like one, and then mm-hmm. the other two slots are empty, and you've got your meds on like you know whatever, like three, four, five, whatever those ones. But God, dude, seriously, going into Valorant, I was like, I am not ready for this. Like my brain has literally exploded in the first round. Um. And I was just like, oh, I'm gonna have to try and use my skills at the same time. Like, I'm so... it doesn't help, right? When you're actually in a match and you're like reading the stuff in the thing, you're like, yeah. what does this one do? What does this one do? I don't even know. I ended up managing to, I tried to use a stim, ended up pressing the wrong hotkey, brought a map up over my screen when I was trying to like fight somebody, ended up just like clicking randomly. Somehow put my gun onto full auto. I clicked once and my gun just emptied itself. I don't actually know what I did. And, um, <laughs> And then someone came around the corner and killed me. And I was like, this is just really, really weird. Despite that, after I ignored the skills, it actually went okay. I ended up being the, I was the top scorer for a while on my team. I, mean, I was in with like really low level people, but I was like, I'm just going to play with like the semi and just like shoot people in the head. Cause I think I was never an amazing headshotter before in CS, but after playing a lot of Tarkov, I've actually got a lot better. <laughs> um, Cause I was never good at CS before. I was actually mm-hmm. much better at modern warfare, which is interesting. So I've actually, gotten better at that kind of gameplay being you know more carefully placed shots after playing eft which is kind of intriguing so i actually did all right and ended up fragging fairly well until about round seven or eight or something when i started overthinking it too much and then i like i just didn't get another kill for like five rounds or something and i was like oh my god mm. and then i went back to just like because i was like trying to think about the skills and stuff and it was like it's just too much i was just overwhelming myself I couldn't actually shoot anybody again so i just like ignored the skills and just like carried on shooting people in the head and it ended up working but yeah it was just crazy man it was such a weird experience i haven't played in a, like an fps like for ages and i just threw myself right into the deep end and it was like way too much it was way too much it was fun. it was fun honestly i actually i did oh, have really? fun but um but it was like yeah it was definitely sensory overload I, I would like to play again actually i would like to play again i think it's it's fun as like a de-stressor kind of thing i would never play competitive i don't think i just play unranked but it was it was interesting it was interesting it's funny. I'm I'm actually kind of surprised because I'm surprised at myself and in your answer in that you play with the HUD on Tarkov, the, the top bar showing. Because mm. I I think historically I you know if I like played Tarkov five years ago, I probably would have and this feature was in the game, I probably would have like everything showing, like color, the color health bar always shown. Like I actually play um where it's like when it's relevant, it shows up and then it disappears. Like I, li- I like the immersiveness of it, which is yeah probably something that really historically wouldn't be the case for me. Um, but I was surprised <laughs> to hear that you actually play with it on, and that the amount of sensory overload was going. I played Valorant not too long ago, maybe like a couple of years ago. Someone was trying to get me into it, and I just was like, I don't know if you felt like this, but I just felt like. This was CSGO plus Dota on top. And I just can't do another Dota game, <laughs> dude. There's so much to learn. Like, as you said, like, you're just sitting there reading skills, trying to figure out what, like, on top of, yeah. like, just learning the game, you know, like, the maps, like, the positions, like, where, to, like, oh, dude. And then you got to learn the skills and, like, which each, I just, like, shit's, like, popping on the screen. And then it's just, like, some ghost girls teleporting behind me and I'm dead. And I'm just like, oh, what's this little blue ball? And then it's like, I'm dead. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess, I guess that's the death ball. I was like, dude, I just can't. I just, like, just give me Counter-Strike, dude. Like, I already know it. Nothing too crazy going on, right? Like, it's just, yeah. yeah. 
I did. I did feel that. I was like, and the thing is, I try to, I try to give things the benefit of the doubt and try to suppress that instinct because I was definitely just like, I wish I was just playing CS. Like I definitely had that <laughs> feeling. Yeah. I was like, man, I wish I was just playing CS CS:GO instead. Yeah, because like I know what all the stuff does. Like I know all the maps. Like I, you know, because I've been playing the maps for years. And yeah, you know, we're talking about like. D dust two or whatever. I'm just mm-hmm. like, damn, this is the perfect map. Whereas I feel like I'm <laughs> playing Dota on FY Ice World when I'm playing um, Valorant. It's just like <laughs> just weird. But the, to be fair, the maps were really the map was really tiny, and I got like the broad gist of it after playing literally just one round on the first map. I, I don't even know what it was called, but it was kind of a white sort of map, like almost snow, but it's I don't know. But um, I was like, okay, well, I mean, compared to something like Tarkov, right? The maps are humongous whereas in the arcade <laughs> games you kind of like you work out the roots and da, 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 and you can yeah, kind of get a feel yeah. for it right you can you can start to play i think if you focused on one character as well you could probably play fairly easy because like dota is even more annoying because the skills are so complicated and there's so many mechanics for them and stuff i, I feel like maybe balance a bit easy because it's a bit more like overwatch or something right there's like the skills yeah. and stuff in that, but they're they're relatively self-explanatory it's not too bad um so I don't know. I can. I can. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and give it a go and try and, and do it, rather than just dismiss it because I don't know it. I, you know, it's one of those ones where I've, I've. I'm going to try to, not just be like super boomer about it and be like, <laughs> oh, you know, Are you I, calling me a boomer? It's <laughs> <laughs> like oh, I don't. I don't know this game and I can't be bothered to learn it. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna play Counter Strike forever. You know. <laughs> Like A team are playing like Counter Strike 2080. Uh, I only play Counter Strike 1.6. That's the pinnacle yeah. of gaming right there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's, it's it's interesting, dude. It's interesting, dude. Good for you. I I just was like, man, I just can't do another Dota. Like, <laughs> just like I just can't, dude. Too much to learn, man. Like, dude, I'm actually surprised you were. I don't know if we were playing ranked or not. I can't remember, but um, yeah, I just I just can't see me myself playing that game casually and having fun. You know, I just I really? just can't. Hmm. Yeah, if you still got if it's got matchmaking, then I think it's okay because you'll yeah. be against other scrubs, so it's fine. Dude, that reminds me of another topic. I'm gonna write it down for next time. But matchmaking, Tarkov, I I got I got stuff there. All right, stuff. More teasers from Church coming in hot. More teasers, good stuff. Good stuff. Cool. Um, my yeah. phrase into Valorant. That's probably yeah. That's probably filled our filled our time, eh? Yeah, I think so. Another <laughs> episode down. And um, dude, I'm hopeful next week, like these this, these coming days, we make it some more teasers, some maybe DLSs. That'd be awesome. Be good. Got a new patch. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wipe soon. Kappa one, two, three. All right, we'll wrap it up there, guys, and we'll see you next week. Catch you later.